and welcome to day five of 31 Days of Terror. To kick things off this week, I would like to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. I would like to thank Alicia Clark, Kane Stewart, Alexandra Boren, Brenda Jeffries, Eric Jacob, Michelle, Nikki Bennett, Amy Williams, Crystal Ingram, Sarah Malone, Azalea Asuna, Chris Flanagan, Kaylee May, Michelle, Rob Nunez, Gladys Bahina, Alexis Edwards, Caitlin Rollins, Sue Sue, and Jeff Globe. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. I appreciate it so much and I'm thankful for you every single day. And I have some gorgeous listener stories for you today. And the last story comes from September the 1st, 2020. And story number one comes from Lizzie. When I was four years old, my grandma's partner, who we knew as Grandad, sadly passed away. He was a well-loved man and we still miss him dearly 20 years after his passing. The night he passed away, my brother had a dream. He dreamt that he was at my grandparents' house and my granddad hugged him goodbye. He still remembers this dream vividly. When I was four, just after my granddad had passed, he visited me in my bedroom. He sat on the windowsill and I was on my top bunk bed. We spoke about school and chatted until I fell asleep. I didn't tell anyone about this until years later, as I didn't understand this was out of the ordinary, and I didn't understand the concept of death. When he died, I was just told that he was gone to heaven, and I wouldn't see him again, and that my grandma would be sad for a very long time. Fast forward 10 years, to when I was age 14. I had a dream where my whole family was at my grandma's house for a party, which wasn't unusual at the time. I sat down on my grandma's two-seater sofa, looked around the room at my family, turned back to the empty seat on the sofa next to me and there was my granddad. I was speechless. He smiled and I hugged him so tight I didn't want to let go. I can still feel his jumper and I write this now with tears in my eyes. He asked me how was school and I told him that it was fine. He then asked how's your grandma and your mum and your brother. I grabbed hold of his arm to try and get him up and said, go and ask them yourself, they're only over there. He returned my enthusiasm with a kind smile and said, I have to ask you. I then realised that nobody else could see him and it was like time had stopped. I told him how they were all doing, which was fine, and I gave him the recent ins and outs of what was going on. He then hugged me and told me he loved me. I got up to grab my family to say Grandad was here and I turned around to look back at him and he had gone. I then woke up and sobbed for a long time. Myself and my family have had other spooky things happen to us too. I once let myself into the house on a bitterly cold evening when I was about 13 to the radio playing in the conservatory. There was nobody else in so I figured someone forgot and it had been left on. I turned the lights on, walked down the hallway into the conservatory to go and turn it off. But I stopped in my tracks. The radio wasn't plugged in. It didn't have a battery, so it couldn't possibly run without the power of the mains. I left the house immediately and walked to my grandma's. During times of stress in the family, we can also expect things to happen, such as clocks going backwards or forwards an hour inexplicably in the cars, then the clocks returning back to normal when everything is okay. We expect it to be my mum's grandma, who we call Grandma Ivy or Grandad. 
Nevertheless, it's nice to know that we're being watched over. And story number two comes from Anna. You could call me an agnostic of the paranormal. So I would usually explain away the odd noise or something going missing. A couple of years ago, however, something did happen that I could not really explain. I was around 15 and I was living in an apartment with my mum and my brother. When this event happened, we had already been living there for a couple of years. And prior to this, nothing major had truly happened. I would say, however, that my grandpa did pass away in this house, but what I saw was not him. During this time, I was battling anxiety, and later on, when I read up on my experiences, I figured that things get attracted to people with low energy, but I don't know if I truly believe that. Anyway, here's what happened. It started with whispers. I would hear whispering all the time in this place. Since it was an apartment building, I blamed it on the neighbours, until it started getting louder, to the point where it sounded like people talking in the house. I could never understand what they said, it just sounded like multiple people making a conversation. Apart from me, one other person heard this happening in my house. Either way, I didn't pay much attention to it. Bear in mind that this story takes place over two years, and this murmuring was a constant part of those two years. One night, at around one, I had needed to go and get a glass of water. The kitchen was set up such that if you stood in the doorway of the kitchen, the door of the bedroom was visible to you. Since we actively used only the other two bedrooms, the door to this one was latched, and that was a routine thing. That night, however, after getting my glass of water, I noticed that the door to this room was unlatched and ajar. This was weird, but I just figured someone must have forgotten to lock it and inside the room I could see nothing but absolute dark. I figured I'd lock the door. The door to the room from the kitchen was barely seven steps. While I was moving towards the door, I stopped, and a feeling of pure terror washed over me, and something inside me was telling me to go back to my room and bolt my door and not come out until the morning. I, like a smartass, however, chose to ignore this feeling, and continued on my merry way to lock the door but I stopped dead in my tracks when I saw the door opening ever so slowly right in front of me. I know, cliche, but if I could have recorded it, I would have. The logic inside of me was telling me that it's nothing, it's just a draft, but my entire body was telling me to make a run for it. So I turned around and went back to my room and locked the door, and I did not share this incident with anyone. Nothing much happened for a couple of months, just your typical explainable stuff. A few months later, though, I was working on an assignment at about 11 at night. All of my craft supplies were in the mentioned weird room. At this point, I had completely forgotten about the prior incident and was working like a typical procrastinating teenager. I needed to grab some markers from this room, so I went in, opened the room, turned on the light and started looking for the markers on the shelf. If you were to stand near the shelf facing it, the bathroom door was to your left and as soon as you opened the door, there was a mirror in front of you. This particular night, the bathroom door was open, and I could see the mirror in the corner of my eye. As I was searching, I kept noticing some movement in the mirror. Finally, I looked up, just in time to see a pretty tall, black mass of some kind walk across the room behind me. 
At first I thought I was absolutely losing my mind and had now started hallucinating. But it is safe to say that I did not wait to find those markers. The scariest thing was what happened about six months after this incident. At the time I was sharing a room with my brother. On my side was the door to the balcony and the entrance to the room. One night my brother woke up from a dead sleep, sat up straight in his bed and started staring at the balcony door, which was shut, so he wasn't looking at something outside. I got up to ask him what was wrong, but before I could get the words out, he pointed to the door, eyes wide and red, looked at me and says, Do you see that? Behind the door? I asked him what he was seeing, and he said, That that tall black thing at the balcony door, can you see it? Get up and check. All this while I could make out that he was still asleep, so for the next five or so minutes he is staring at the door and at me asking me if I see it and asking me to get up and check. By this point I'm about to shit myself and about to bolt out the door to wake my mum when he calmly laid back down and went back to sleep. The next morning he has no memory of this. My brother sometimes did sleep talk but it was just gibberish and definitely not like this. I don't think I've been more scared at any point in my life. Whatever that shadow was, I saw it a couple of other times and then we moved out. I do not know what it was, but I do know that I wasn't always scared of it, which makes me wonder at times as to what lies beyond the reality that we know of. And story number three comes from Alora. I currently live in South Carolina, but I'm from Council Bluffs in Iowa. I was very involved in the fine arts in high school, including drama. In my school district, the auditorium was at the middle school, and there was an old storage building nearby that used to be the mechanic shop. The middle school building used to be the high school, so this was where they would hold shop, home and car care classes. We used the building to store the drama department's props and equipment, and we called it Drama South. The drama department had a tradition of scaring the freshmen with stories about Nick the Ghost. According to the story, Nick was a student when the middle school was still the high school back in the 80s, and he was taking a mechanics class in what is now Drama South. One day, Nick was working on a car engine, which was supposedly suspended from the ceiling of the shop. But the chain broke, crushing him and leaving a bloodstain on the floor. The room where Nick died was off-limits to us students because it was used for other district storage and it was kept locked at all times. The blood stain was obviously an oil stain and I'm pretty sure no high school mechanic class would have had students working on car engines. But this building was still a little creepy despite these claims. It sat next to the railroad and homeless people would regularly break in for shelter or to wash themselves in the sinks. I swear every year another door or window to the building was boarded up. I'm a bit surprised they still used it at all, but I digress. My first strange experience in Drama South occurred when I was a freshman. Like any dumb teenager, some of my friends decided that they wanted to perform a seance in the back hallway, near the forbidden room where Nick died. Meanwhile, our friend Kevin had been pranking us all day by jumping out from behind doors. I stood off to the side as everyone else sat in a circle joining hands. I don't remember if they were chanting or what, but I remember that the door handle to the forbidden room appeared to be shaking. 
I, being practical and slightly amused by this time, shouted, Knock it off, Kevin, we know it's you. Kevin then appeared, but from a completely different room, and said, Whatever you're yelling about, it wasn't me. Suddenly, we all heard a thunk, and turned to face the door that had the jiggling handle. There was a handprint on the inside of the window. My second strange occurrence at Drama South happened a year later when I was a sophomore. Students were not supposed to go over to the building alone due to the break-ins that I mentioned earlier, but sometimes things just needed to be done and you didn't have a choice. I honestly didn't mind being over there alone. I liked the peace and quiet. This particular Saturday, a tech day or set building day for our fall play, I went over to Drama South alone to wash out paintbrushes. The giant garage door in the main entrance of the building had been left open for us to move lumber back and forth between there and the auditorium, and it was a beautiful sunny afternoon. Standing alone in front of the sink, humming to myself, I heard a noise. I had just barely looked over my shoulder when I saw a small piece of lumber go flying across the room. Wondering if I had been followed by another student or if someone was already in there, I started calling out, Who's in here? No one answered, and after a few minutes of silence, I said to seemingly no one, I didn't mean to frighten you. Only the one piece of lumber flew that day. My third and scariest experience in Drama South happened the fall of my senior year. It was very early in the morning on one of our Tech Day Saturdays, and it was time to unlock Drama South and collect some materials. I offered to go alone, but our teacher, Mr. Smith, went with me. Because of the break-ins and because one of them resulted in a small fire, all of the entrances to the building were boarded up except for the back door, and it had several locks installed on it. Mr. Smith and I walked around to the back entrance, nothing unusual to be seen, and we opened the back door. We split up after entering the building, him heading to the prop room and I to the open common room where we held lunches and stored the makeup cabinet. Upon turning on the light, I witnessed the most disturbing thing in my life. Dead birds smashed against the back wall of the room. There had to be at least 30 of them. Their bodies completely crushed with blood and feathers plastered on like some sort of satanic art project. Obviously, I screamed, and Mr. Smith came running through the doorway, stopping dead in his tracks to stare at the horrific display with me. These birds could not have possibly gotten into the building on their own, and with the way their bodies were plastered to the wall, you knew it had to be intentional force behind it. Scared out of his mind, Mr. Smith called some of the boys over at the auditorium to come and get me and escort me away from the building. He then called the police. We never figured out what happened to those birds but I can still see a clear image of their bodies in my head. And story number four comes from Johnny. I live in Utah. To start off, I feel as though something is following me wherever I live. It all started when I was around nine years old. My family lived in a duplex home that was made in the 1880s. And in this home, the closet connected to both bedrooms. It started one night at around 2 or 3 a.m. I was woken up by the sound of my closet door trying to open, but it was locked. 
The handle kept trying to turn but couldn't, so it stopped. I then saw two yellow orbs coming from the closet and me being a curious kid, I started to follow them. They led me to my parents' bedroom, straight to their closet. After that night, I would make sure to lock both closet doors, but it just got worse. We ended up moving and I thought that was the last of it, but it started again when I was 17. My family went out one night and I stayed home to watch Ghost Hunters. Out of nowhere, I heard my mother calling me from downstairs. The family had been gone for two hours and I realised that they hadn't come home but I know for a fact that I heard my mom call for me. And then I heard the voice of my little sister call for me and my brother's voice from his room. And I hear my other brother from the bathroom and I hear my dad's voice from the bedroom and it just kept getting louder and louder until I couldn't take it anymore and I yelled out, Stop! Please stop, just leave me alone! And that's when it got quiet and I hear a whisper saying, Soon. A year passed and I moved away from my family. I moved into a small home and it was just me living there. One night, while I was watching a movie, I heard outside my bedroom door small footsteps walking in the hallway. And then I heard the laughter of two little girls outside my door and two little voices saying, Can we come in? All I did was push my dresser up against the door and yell, Leave! It got quiet again, so I moved the dresser and went out to make sure no one had broken in, but everything was closed and locked. I ended up moving again, but it keeps happening to this day. The fact that I'm almost 30, but yet it only happens when I'm all alone. I'm at the point of trying to figure out what this thing wants. And story number five comes from Tabitha. My name is Tabitha and I was named after Stephen King's wife, which I think might help explain my personality. I love everything horror and everything spooky. I have a stutter, so I've always kept to myself for most of my life. My family is huge on Halloween and my mom is the one that got me into horror. Thanks, mom. I've always been sensitive to feelings and energy. A talent of mine is that I can read people and know what they are feeling and the energy in places does get to me. My sister and I are practicing witches, mainly just healing rituals and good stuff. It first started when I was in third grade. I just moved to a new school again, and the town home we moved to was nice but big. I always felt weird in that house, like something was watching me or moving around. When I was at home alone, it was a crushing feeling and I barely talked about it to my family. My sister was at a point in her life where she wanted nothing to do with crazy young me, so I just kept to myself. When I was in my room, I felt the building shake and I heard a big crash and our shelf with our gargoyles and crystals fell down, but that was it. I heard footsteps behind me and I thought it was my mom, so I said, I didn't do it, mom, but she didn't answer. I turned around and I felt sick as a cold wave hit me. I started to cry and I felt sad and scared. As time went by, I still heard the footsteps and felt a bad energy in the house. During Christmas time, my mom, my sister and I were making cookies and I heard loud footsteps going up our stairs. I looked over to see a shadow walking up the stairs with heavy, slow steps. I turned to my sister 
and asked her if she could hear that and she said no and went back to decorating her cookies. I watched it stop at the top of the stairs and just stand there looking at us. I was scared but we soon moved after that. Years passed and nothing super scary happened, just the casual shoulder touching by nothing and hearing soft sounds when no one was home and the feeling of never being alone. As I entered middle school, we lived in an old creepy house. I always felt off in that house like something was hiding in the walls. My dad got my sister and I a Ouija board and we used to play it often but we did it safely. We didn't get anything besides the jokes my sister would play on me. One night when she wasn't home, I used the board alone and got some creepy stuff. The board told me that something in our attic space was waiting for a friend. I didn't ask anything after that and I said goodbye and put the board away. That night I had my first ever case of sleep paralysis where I was laying in my bed and I jumped awake. I couldn't move or say anything but I saw a smoky figure run from my parents' hallway to our room and creep around the doorframe. It looked at me with big eyes and smiled a wide grin. I was crying as it jumped over me and floated right above me smiling. I closed my eyes and started crying out loud. I woke up and my sister was standing next to me saying calm down. Soon after that I got my own room and more creepy stuff happened. My closet door would open by itself no matter what I did. But the one thing that scared me the most was when I was sitting on my bed at night and I heard a loud stomping in the hallway. We did have cats and dogs, but they never made this sound. I opened my door and saw the smoke figure standing in front of my parents' room staring at me. I froze and watched it run at me, making all the pictures in the hallway shudder and fall off. I slammed my door and curled into a ball in front of my door shaking. I soon opened my door to see the pictures on the wall, but cracked, and I was really scared after that. As I got older I would notice weird things happen but I decided not to pay too much attention to them and just move on. But the sounds of whispering didn't stop and the energy of places was still a problem for me. I dated guys and the first one I dated was a jerk and he abused me pretty badly. It made the energy thing worse for me. He radiated negative dark energy and it was making me sick and weak but he always said I was broken and crazy. One night, when I was at his house and he went to the bathroom, I saw a figure of a young girl looking at me, whispering to get out and leave. I nodded at her and quietly grabbed my stuff and left his house. I was walking home when he called me and started yelling at me, calling me names. I didn't say anything, just hung up and ran home. I broke up with him after that and I knew I couldn't ignore these feelings anymore. After that, I accepted that part of me and got into the craft to help me figure it out. Over time, I channeled it all and adjusted to make it better. But one night when I was a senior in high school, I was house-sitting for a friend, and they have those little lights that light up when you pass them in their house, which was unsettling at night. They had a cat and a dog, but they were sleeping on my bed, and I woke up to a negative feeling. I saw the lights in the hallway go off, and I heard walking towards the room I was in. I looked at the pets and they were passed out. I didn't say anything or move in case it was an intruder. The footsteps got into the room that I was in and stopped at the side of the bed. I was frozen with fear 
as they sat on the bed next to me and put a hand on my shoulder. I felt the breath on my face and I saw my hair move with it as it started talking to me. I have no idea to this day what it said, but it was unsettling. They eventually stopped talking, but didn't leave the side of the bed until I sat up and saw nothing there. I was shaking, but got the courage to check the house and didn't see anything off. I did not go back to bed after that, I just watched Disney movies until the sun came up. Current day, nothing odd has happened, but I still get the sense that something is still following me, and I can't tell if it's bad or not yet. I will keep you updated with more details as they progress. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Lizzie, Anna, Laura, Johnny and Tabitha for sending in your stories. If you want to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.